0: from the word of God, not my opinion, from the word of God, determining the value of individual human lives. Thank you, Richard. And uh, it is important because you can determine value. You definitely can determine value. And um, so I'm going to show you this from the word of God uh, in just a moment. So I want you to take a minute to share it. It's going to be a good one. Uh, And people need to hear this because We get all caught up, and I've been talking this way all week. We get caught up in our own personal identities. We get caught up in our own personal identities. And and whatever that is that that you feel defines you. So you got a whole group of people that place their identity in their sexuality. And you've got the LGBTQ community. You've got everything. Everything they do, it's group identity. The group is more important than the individual, and so they place their identity in their sexuality. That's who they are. That's who they are first and foremost. They will uh, picket for that. They'll protest for that. Will act. They'll be they'll be active for that. It's who they are. Then you've got other people that their identity is locked up in their particular culture. And we see that today. There's there's people that are they're the first priority of their life, the first thing that they have to identify to everybody and it's what they adhere to. Well, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, I'm, I'm black. I'm African-American. I'm white. You know, I'm Brazilian. <clears throat> I'm Jamaican. And so you've got people that they then um, place their value, their identity in their culture. So you have some placing it in their sexuality, some placing it in their culture and then and then it, it, it trickles down from there because then some, some people start placing their value um, and their identity based on their political alignment. So you've got sexuality, you've got culture, <coughs> Nigerians, yes, exactly, Brandon. Then you've got political culture and I place my identity in my political stance, my political alignment. So you've got people that are doing that. To determine their value and identity, um, there's even people. It'll, you can get down even even more more niche than that. There's people that will place their whole life's identity, their whole life's value in education, how educated they are, where they went to school, what they went to school for, how long they spent in school. They value and put their own value and identity in education, and so. There is, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure you're right, Delame. Delame said, I don't think most people do it on purpose. I I agree with you. I think we're taught to act this way by others that have gone before us. So you might grow up in a home where somebody tells you, you know, being Puerto Rican is first. You put your Puerto Rican community above all else or, or whatever community you might come from. And you, you're taught and told, you know, you put this first, you know, this is your family. This, this is who we are. This is, and maybe you're not told directly like that, but you're told by action and people start to latch on and grab onto things that are not spiritual to become their identity and the value of their life. It's who they identify all of their How they feel about themselves, whether they're ashamed of their actions, whether they're proud of their actions, it all comes down to what they use as their identity and as their value. So somebody that's taught, we've seen this, someone who's taught as a woman, your value is placed on the level of your career, what kind of a job that you can get and sustain, what kind of a career you can have. And your values found in that. We know people like that. That if I, you know, if I'm, if I don't have a good job, if I don't have a great career, then I'm, I must be, you know, you think you have a lesser view of yourself because your identity, your value, got locked up in your career. And so there's all kinds of different avenues that people look to to determine their value and to determine their identity, but. When we're talking about determining the value of a human life, you can't look to those things. I'm going to say that again because it's not said in our culture, but it needs to be said because all these things that are going on right now, it has to be said. Your individual value of your human life has nothing to do, nothing with all of those other things, has nothing to do with your career has nothing to do with the level of your education, has nothing to do with your sexuality, has nothing to do with the color of your skin. None of those things, and there's many others I could list, your culture, none of those things determine your value and none of those things determine your uh, identity. And so when we look at the value of a human life, which is what we're talking about today in the time we have together, when you look at the value of a human life, you have to look at it in the proper way, especially if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, we have no excuses on how we look at the value and sanctity of a human life. And we as Christians cannot allow how we were brought up, what we've been told, the propaganda of the media to determine how we place value on a human life. Human life, the value of human life, has nothing to do with sexuality. So a gay person, a lesbian, a transgender person, a bisexual person, someone who's questioning, is their life more or less valuable than somebody who's heterosexual simply because of their sexuality? Absolutely not. That would be foolish to say so. Foolish to say so. Well, you you gotta understand, they're being persecuted for their lifestyle. They're being persecuted because they're lesbians and that they're transgender, and you gotta understand, they're being persecuted because they're bisexual. It doesn't make any difference. The persecution of somebody's life doesn't change the value of their life. Please get this. Please get this. The persecution that a people group is facing does not change the value of their life. And I want you to put it in the comment. I know it's not a popular thought process and share this broadcast because it needs to be heard. Take a minute to share it because who knows what Facebook is trying to do to us but put it in the comments, persecution of your, whether it be your sexuality, your culture, your skin color, what your education, whatever it might be, persecution does not determine the value of human life. It just doesn't, it just doesn't. And it's crazy to me that in this current culture you are actually, think about the how insane this is, you are actually considered and called a racist if you say that all lives matter. Oh, well, you're a racist if you say that. Oh, really? Because let me tell you something. God does not value Puerto Rican lives or black lives, Peruvian lives. Brazilian lives or white lives above any of the others. God doesn't care. God does not care. Jesus doesn't care. Do you know how I know that Jesus doesn't care? Because he didn't shed his blood for a people group. You realize that? He did not shed his blood for a people group. In fact, when Paul or excuse me, when Peter went to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, this was the first time that somebody or a family that was not Jewish received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only did they receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, but while Peter was preaching to this Italian family, they were all saved and they were all baptized in the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues and prophesy. And so people could get on here with me and, and, and say in the comments if they want, well, it's very unproductive, the things you're saying right now with what's going on in the country. It's You're being very unproductive and as a leader, you should use your platform more responsibly. Oh, I'm using it responsibly. Trust me when I tell you that. Trust me when I tell you that. I'm using it responsibly and it's it, people, if they think they're bringing the nation together by highlighting certain people over another, I saw it so dumb that somebody with an international platform actually said, until you're, speaking to a certain people group, until your equality is equal to mine, to my, my equality, I, may my life matter less. That was their comment. Internationally known, international influence. And said, until your equality equals my equality, may my life matter less. Why don't you just travel up into heaven and slap Jesus Christ in the face? Because this was a Christian. So why don't you just go up into heaven and slap him across the face and tell him he doesn't know what he's doing with that kind of stupid mentality. It's a stupid mentality. Is injustice right? Of course not. Is inequality right? Of course not. Should we stand for justice and equality? Absolutely. But people need to wake up and understand what the Bible, I'm not talking to sinners. Once again, not, not talking to sinners. I'm talking to Christians. I'm speaking to Christians who have allowed the mainstream media to warp their mind and now they believe what's said on television and on their Twitter feed more than they do what's written on the pages of this holy book. And Christians need to wake up because the value, hear me, I'll say it again very clearly and I don't care if people think I'm racist for saying it, it's not racist. It's all inclusive. It couldn't be any, it couldn't be any more the opposite when you say that all lives matter. People are full. Well, that's not productive for you to say that. Oh, it's productive. It's productive. And I'm going to show it to you from the scripture today because understand something, whether a group is persecuted or not, it doesn't change the value of a human life. It just does not. And I'm going to show you what does determine the value of a human life In the word. And I want you to go to the the first chapter of the entire Bible. I see my friend, Brother Alex Sanabi, is on today. He would preach with me. We've preached together. We've preached on platforms together. What do you? I mean, I, I I we could preach this together around the world on platforms. That's all I'm saying. And it needs to be heard by everybody. Listen to me. I want to show you what determines the value of a human life. Are you ready for this? Christian or not Christian. Saved or unsaved. I want you to see it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I love you too. Then God said, let us make man... In our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Let me show you why all lives matter. It's because every human being in the history of the world was created in the likeness and in the image of God that right there should shake you shake you to your very core as a believer or an unbeliever i don't care if you're a sinner or a christian when i read that to you you should shake to your very core to understand the reason that people are valuable is because God created them with his own hands in his own image and in his own likeness and breathed the breath of life into every single one. And we have the ability to carry the breath of life in our bodies. It's what makes us living beings. You remove the breath of life from somebody, they're dead, they're gone. The thing that brings value to a man, to a woman, to a child, is that they've been created by the hands of God in the likeness and in the image of God himself. That, my friends, it's deeper than your career. It's deeper than your education. It's deeper than your culture, your skin tone. It's deeper than your sexuality. What do you think that Christians, if they were truly Christians, sh- should rejoice when, like, a gay person is killed? People are stupid if they think that. They're stupid if they think that. Well, that you know, they were part of that LGBTQ community. Yeah, but they're a human life that was created in the likeness and in the image of God himself. You don't rejoice in injustice. You don't rejoice in inequality. You don't rejoice in wickedness. Hear what I'm saying to you. It matters. All these lives that are created in the image and in the likeness of God, they matter. They matter to God. And they should matter to you. And we have a very shallow, shallow group of Christians. If we have to go around highlighting individual uh, people because of their sexuality, because of their culture, because of their skin tone, because of their education, and and then go and tell other Christians why a person matters, that's a very you're in an extremely shallow water, my friend. If that's what you feel like you have to do extremely shallow water, because I'm going to tell you something it's, that is not in any way, shape or form. (laughs) It's not in any way, shape or form why you value somebody's life. And if you do, you have serious internal problems, serious internal problems. And most likely you need to get saved. Because the Bible says in the kingdom of God, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Neither Jew nor Greek. There is no distinction in the kingdom. That's why Peter was able to say those words in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34 when he saw the gospel of Jesus Christ, which many people thought was just for the Jews, and then God in heaven opened up Peter's eyes and spread out a sheet before him and said, uh, kill and eat. And Peter looked at the sheet, uh, the sheet and it was filled with unclean, what was called unclean animals. He said, no, Lord, I will not. I'm not going to eat from these unclean animals. And God said to him, don't you call unclean what I've called clean. And he wasn't talking about no animals, he was talking about the Gentiles, those that were not born Jewish. And Peter caught the revelation and then went to Cornelius' house in an Italian family. They weren't Jewish, they were Italian. And Peter goes in with the disciples and preaches the gospel to the whole household and they're all saved and they're all filled with the holy ghost and peter stands up and says something that should shake our minds to the core acts 10:34 i can clearly see that god is no respecter of persons thank you jesus i can clearly see that god does not show favoritism based on culture it's not an elitist religion. It is not a racist religion. No, it's whoever comes, whoever believes, whoever confesses with their mouth, whoever believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. For all men are created, all women are created in the likeness and in the image of the Most High God. That transfers value into your life. You're not value because you're not valuable because of you. You're valuable because of him. And it's not just Christians that are valuable. Every life. What do you think? I, you know, I'm, I'm more sad when a Christian dies than when a sinner dies. Of course not. I don't get sad when a Christian dies because I know where they're going. I get sad when a sinner dies because I know where they're going. And I didn't get a chance to reach them before they perished, and there'll be many stories like that. That's why when we get to heaven, every tear will have to be wiped away from our eyes to understand the masses that did not make it into eternity with God. Now, when you get, let me tell you something: when you get to heaven, and you and you recognize the masses that didn't make it, what do you think you are going to care? do you think you're going to care about the masses because of their skin color? Do you think you're going to care about the masses because of their sexuality? Do you think you're going to care about the masses because of their education or their culture or their career? No, you're going to care about the masses because of their eternal soul that will now be separated from God for eternity, that's why we'll care. That's why tears will be wiped away because we'll realize, we'll realize. See, in heaven, it doesn't matter. On earth, it shouldn't matter. It's what Jesus was trying to get across. That's what God was trying to get across. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter on the earth because it doesn't matter in heaven Aren't there, of course, there's going to continue to be wicked people. Of course, there's going to continue to be racism. Of course, there's going to be, continue to be hate. As long as there are wicked people in the world, you won't stop hate. You won't stop racism. You won't stop those injustices. You won't, you won't. You might might establish better laws, better framework for punishing those crimes, better outcomes and justice. You might establish all of that, but you'll never stop hate. You'll never stop crime. You'll never stop racism because it doesn't stem from somebody recognizing that their punishment is imminent. It is, it stems from the wickedness of a man's soul. And so I want you to understand me today. Your life is valuable because you're made in the image and the likeness of God. Then let me say this, especially now. Your life is also valuable. Oh, you don't have to tell me, Oscar. I know. I'll tell you another reason why a life is extremely valuable, especially now in the New Testament, it's because Jesus shed his blood for you. When Jesus shed his blood, it was an instant transfer of value. Remember this, that even though we're created in the likeness and the image of God, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible teaches us that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So without Jesus, everybody would end in hell. You realize people don't go to hell because God sends them to hell. People go to hell because that's where they were going anyway. I hope you get that. People say, how could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't send people to hell. They're already going there. They're on their way there. They started their trip there. He doesn't send them. I want you to put it in the comments. God doesn't send people to hell. They were already going. It's like they left their house on a trip to go to hell, and God kept putting road signs on the road Turn right here and accept Jesus. Turn right here and accept Jesus. Every mile marker, turn right here for Jesus, like like you see for McDonald's and rest areas. Turn last stop for a hundred miles. Last stop for two hundred miles. Last stop before eternity. Turn here and accept Jesus, and they get sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. And people aren't going to hell because God sent them. God's the one that's putting up signs even over the overpasses. Turn here, next exit, accept Jesus. And the people that go continually reject, continually reject, continually reject, continually reject until they get to their final destination, which is eternal damnation. And then stupid people get up and say, how could God have sent those people to hell? He didn't send them to hell, you genius. He did everything he could to make sure they made heaven. God doesn't send people to hell. They were already going there. Thanks to Adam and Eve. Transferred their authority and dominion to Satan and fell and sin entered into the world. And from that point forward, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And without Jesus, there is no salvation. So if people get up and say, stupid, I don't know how a loving God that can do anything he wants to can send people to hell. He's not doing that. And God can't do anything he wants to, by the way. God has to honor his word, what he said he would do because he can't be a liar so you understand God can't do anything he wants to do, don't you? He, ha- he can't violate his own word, and he chose to speak. In, ca- in case you get this, if you've never heard this, please understand it. Because this is the stupid argument that people make. Well, if God can do anything, why doesn't he just make everybody go? See, he's sending people to hell, and he's got sovereign power. No, God chose to speak. That was his sovereignty. He chose to speak. And now he can't violate his own word or he'd be made out to be a liar. So if he allowed people into heaven without receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he would be violating his own covenant, violating his own word, and he would be a liar and be unjust. And he doesn't do that. God can't do anything he wants. He does what he says. Catch that. He has a system that he set up on the earth and he abides by it because he is just. And he sent Christ that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you got to call upon the name of the Lord. You've got to hear the gospel. The gospel will change you. You ever think about this? If people go to hell without ever having heard the gospel, that's not God's fault. That's the church's fault. Think about that. Well, you know, they never got an opportunity to hear. Yeah, that's our fault, not God's fault. God will just judge them based on what they have in their heart and what what little truth they did have. No, he won't. They'll go to hell. Paul taught that clearly in the book of Romans chapter 10. You can't be saved without the gospel. You can't be saved. Without Jesus, there's no salvation. This is why the urgency is there in the heart of a Christian. This is why when I, don't, I don't slap back at people that I know publicly when they're mad about the things that I'm posting and they comment on my Instagram and they comment on my Twitter and they comment on my Facebook and they get bent out of shape because they think that I, that's the reason I write them back privately. I don't write it in the comments and try to slam them in front of the world because I don't care what people think of me publicly. I write them back privately because I want them to understand where I'm coming from. There's a reason, there's a reason, there's a reason why I'm trying to get Christians to get the the urgency of eternity in their spirit, because anytime there's a cultural issue, everybody from the culture jumps up and runs out because it's urgent now, it's urgent now for this, but don't you realize, souls have been urgent the whole time, and you haven't done anything, you haven't done anything. So don't expect me to have tons of respect for you when you run out to support a cultural issue and you're part of the kingdom and you don't give a crap about kingdom issues. So, well, I do. I've thought a lot. No, because the same urgency that you've used for your culture, you would use for the kingdom if you, tr- and I'm not saying that's everybody because there are people that are standing up and doing right and they're also going hard for the kingdom. I know there are. I know there are. So I'm not making a blanket statement, but many of those that are all whipped up in their emotions to go out because now's the time and and you become a social justice warrior, but you've never been a kingdom warrior. I don't want to be an SJW. I want to be a KW. Because what people fail to realize over and over and over and over, they think That if they'll just do enough in the flesh, if I just do enough in the flesh, if I can just do more in the natural, if I can just do that, they'll change the world. You can't change the world that way. You will never change the world. Well, you're not in faith, brother. No, I'm in reality because of the word of God. If you're a sinner, you have hate in your heart. So if you're going to change that about a person, it has to be through salvation. That's how it works. That's how it works. And all that, let me go on, let me go further. And I don't care if, you know, people can say whatever they want about me. I don't really care. Because it's not about, if my life is pleasing to God, then he, he's the one that promotes me. You can't hold me back anyway. Listen to this. Here, So well, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen to this. The value that was transferred onto you in your life was transferred because of the blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, listen to this. I'm going to read you all these verses from 17 to the end of the chapter. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. You see that? That when Jesus shed his blood, he put us into a position or a place now in this dispensation where God is no longer right now holding the trespasses of the world against them. Why? Because we're in a time of grace for people to receive Christ. Well, God's judging the world right now, brother. No, he's not. He's not judging the world right now. Well, we don't know. COVID probably was a judgment from God. No, it wasn't. God's not judging the world right now. He will, but it's not right now. He's giving us a space of time to preach the gospel to a dying world. It's a space of grace to bring people into the kingdom. He's not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So notice that he took our sin and placed it on a man that never sinned. And then he was crucified and crucified your sins to the cross. Hallelujah. And then you receive that gift by grace through faith. And that's how you change the world. That's how you change a culture. Did you ever notice it's the Christian nations of the world that are like the top nations of the world in, in in every area. The nations that were predominantly Catholic and Christian, those are the nations that are not considered third world nations. Did you ever think about that? That righteousness exalts a people and a land. Righteousness exalts a people and a land. Look at America. Look at Canada. Look at Italy. Look at England. And compare them to India. This is not racism. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the actual well-being of the people. Where you got people starving all over the place. Look at other nations where people are dying, people are being abused. Go to the Middle East if you want. Go to nations in Africa. There's a reason we're supporting them and they're not supporting us. Did you ever think about that? Righteousness exalts a nation. You say, well, no, brother, it has to do more with uh, No, these are nations that have some of the richest natural resources in them. Richest. But that doesn't matter. Some of the richest resources come from these nations, but that doesn't matter. Because it's righteousness that exalts a nation. And you go to places where it's polytheistic, where they have they serve false gods. You got people walking down the street, you got people bone thin in India that are about to die from starvation and cows, fat cows walking down the street that they could slaughter and eat, but they won't touch them because it might be Aunt Bertha. Reincarnation. Well, we don't kill the cows because it could be one of our family members. You got people starving based on wickedness. Righteousness exalts a nation. That's not racist to say. That's plain straight up fact. I'm not saying that we're better than people in India. We're better than people in Africa. I'm saying what choices have been made through the generations have led to an outcome that are now being seen plainly because righteousness exalts a nation. All these people that want to get online. um, Yeah, exactly. Look at China. All these people that want to get online and, and, and tear down America with their words and say how, how bad America is and how wicked America is and all this stuff. I noticed they don't move to other nations. If they really thought that, people saying America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth and they have the gall to say that. Oh, really? I noticed that you don't move to another nation. I noticed you didn't even move north to Canada. Every celebrity that said how if so-and-so gets in the office or if this happens, I'm out of here. This I can't take any more of this nation. I noticed none of the celebrities left. They're all still living here. They didn't move to Canada. They definitely didn't move to Mexico. They definitely didn't move to the Middle East. Didn't move to China. And they definitely didn't move to India. All these nations. <laughs> They're still here. You know why? Because it is a great nation. Because God has blessed this nation because of the way that this nation was founded, created, and run, and I know that there's people that have now tried to say we're no longer a Christian nation. But let me tell you, we house the body of Christ just like every other nation. But we stand up. We stand up and have the freedom to uh, not just express it but we have the freedom to preach it everywhere we want to preach it we can go into cities we can go into towns there's nations where if you wanted to go preach in a city outdoors you'd have to do it in secret because the government would come and shut you down there's no permit you can get from the government there's no permissions that you can get if they found out i have friends that preach crusades in other nations that they can't even post on social media where they are because you're not allowed to do it Here in America, we can preach wherever we want. We got people preaching at the boardwalk. We got people preaching on the street, in the McDonald's parking lot. We can set up a tent. We can go on a field. We can do do whatever we want because of our freedom. If you minimize that, you might as well go pee and spit on the graves of every veteran that gave their life and shed their blood for the freedom of this nation. Every stupid celebrity that wants to talk about how poor of a nation this is. Let me tell you, why don't you just go to every veteran that's in a wheelchair and slap them in the face? Why don't you go find every Vietnam vet, every Korean War vet, every World War II vet that's still alive and just punch them in the nose even though they're like 89 years old? They shed their blood and we're living in a free land because of it. And then people don't want, we have all, we have all of this freedom of religion and we don't want to exercise it. We'd rather, and I'm not, and and trust me when I tell you, I'm, I'm not against activism. I don't want you to look at this broadcast and think, well, he's against active. I'm not against that. Not against peaceful protests at all. We have a right, just like we have a right to freely practice religion, we have a right to gather, a right to assemble, a right to protest, all of those things. We should do it, but not at the expense of the kingdom. And definitely not with a racist propaganda agenda, which is what's being pushed on us right now. It's exactly what's being pushed on us right now. And I want you to hear what really makes lives matter. It is the fact we were created in the likeness and the image of God. It's the fact that Christ's blood was shed. So let me give you an analogy so that you understand, and I've I've told you this before. I have to hurry because i got to roll here in a minute. But if you were to go buy something at TJ Maxx, let's say, a shirt, and you brought it home and then three days later you decided you didn't want it and you were going to return the shirt, you take the shirt back to TJ Maxx and bring it to a customer service and say, I'd like to make a return, and the first question they ask you is, do you have the receipt? And if you said, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I lost the receipt, but the tag's still on it. They can say, well, here's the problem. This shirt's gone on sale. And I know you bought the shirt for $20, but it's only $9.99 now. So if you don't have the receipt, we can only give you $9.99 back. And here's the problem. If you don't have the proof of purchase, then you can argue about the value. No, I paid 20 I want 20 Well, We can only give you 10 Well, I want $20. I'll well, get the manager. We gotta get the... You're arguing about the value of an item. Why are you arguing? You don't have proof of purchase. But, now, now look at this. It's the same shirt, isn't it? If you went in three days earlier and paid 20 bucks for the shirt, the shirt was worth 20. If you came in three days later and paid 10 bucks for the shirt, the shirt's worth 10. Notice this. The item is worth what you paid for it. Put it in the comments. An item is worth what I pay for it. This is an important point. An item is worth what I pay for it. Catch that. So if you bought it when it was worth 20, you paid 20, it's worth 20 to you. If you went on sale, you bought it when it was $10, it's worth $10 to you because it's worth what you paid. It's worth what you paid. So people could say, well, You know, sinful humanity is worthless. No, because Jesus made a purchase. The Bible says, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Hallelujah. You don't belong to you. You were bought with a price. The value that's transferred into something, it is the price that was paid for it. Listen to this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, verse 20, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. He bought you with his own precious blood. So when he paid and shed his priceless blood for you, that priceless blood, that value was transferred into you because it's what he was willing to pay for you. It's all relative. It's like when you buy a piece of art, you know, it's all just oil on a canvas. It's it's all it is. It's oil on a canvas. I don't care how great the painting is. I don't care who painted it. It's all oil on the canvas. So the value of art is relative, Right. The value of art is relative. Somebody may look at a painting and say, man, I would pay $4 million for that painting to hang in my mansion or put it and donate it to a museum or whatever. I would pay $4 million for that painting. Somebody else may look at it and say, man, I'd only pay a million for that painting. (laughs) The price tag is based on what somebody's willing to pay. What are you willing to pay for it? That's all, because the price is, you can't, and i know it's based on rarity and all that stuff but it's it's relative because it's based on what somebody's willing to pay for it so when jesus shed his blood for you his priceless blood is what he was willing to pay for you and because he was now you have that price tag on your life you catch that his priceless blood was shed you now have that value on your life I can't be worthless. That's why when the devil tries to um, uh, tell you you're nothing, you're worthless, you should pull the receipt out. Pull the receipt out and say, actually... I'm not worthless. I've never gone on sale. I've never lost my value. My, my values never diminished because I have the proof of purchase, how much Jesus was willing to pay for my life. And now, because I know it, I know what my price tag is. I know what my value is. It's not based on my skin color. Jesus didn't die for skin color. Jesus didn't die for which side of the tracks you grew up on. He didn't die because of your career or your education or your culture. He died because God loves the creation that he formed with his hands and made in his image and in his likeness. And so what I'm telling you today is your value is based directly upon your creation and the blood of Jesus being shed for you. Now look at this. I'll show you this before we pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You got to catch it. This will blow you up, man. I mean, think about that. I was worthless, and then he made me priceless. I was on my way to hell. I was worthless. He made me priceless. That would be something good to put in the comments. I was worthless. He made me priceless. Hallelujah. I was worthless. He made me priceless. I was on my way to hell. He imparted value to me. It's still a tragedy, even if no one ever gets saved, if the likeness and the image of God has to be separated from God in hell for eternity. it's That's a tragedy. It's a tragedy because Christ's blood was shed for you. Whether you receive it or not, it was. I don't agree with those that say Jesus only died for those that will eventually receive him. I don't believe that. And it doesn't make Jesus' blood a failure because people don't receive his sacrifice. I don't believe that at all. If you don't know that, that's something that's believed in the Christian community among some denominations that Jesus' blood was only shed for the people that he knew would receive it in the end. And he didn't shed his blood for people he knew would remain sinners and go to hell. It wasn't for them. That's it's, it's a doctrine that's taught called limited atonement. Limited atonement. That he only shed his blood for the people he knew would get saved. And his blood was not shed for the rest of the world. I don't believe it for a minute. And they say, well, you know, Jesus' blood could never have been a failure or ineffective when he shed it. No, he shed it corporately for the world. And said, whoever will can come, as many as believed on his name. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not, for, it's not for a specific group of people. It was for everybody. It was for the corporate that would come into the kingdom. I can choose to come into that corporation or stay out of it. Limited atonement is a lie. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let me show you this before we pray. But we have, this is verse 7, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So I want you to see this. We have a treasure, as the King James says, hidden in earthen vessels. The treasure, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. So think about this. You're, number one, you're created in the likeness and the image of God. Number two, the blood of Jesus was shed for you. Number three, the Holy Ghost was placed on the inside of you. Now I'm talking to Christians. But this is the value that's available for every unbeliever. And we have the value to transfer to them through the gospel, through the winning of souls. The life of a person is valuable because they're eternal Think about that. If you want to talk George Floyd, let's talk George Floyd for a minute. George Floyd's life was valuable, not because he was black, but because he was an eternal being. If you want to get biblical on it, how Christians should think about people was there injustice there? You better believe it. Was that a murder? You better believe it. I don't care what they release in an autopsy that said, well, he had pre existing conditions. Oh, really? Well, let's see if you, without pre-existing conditions, can take this 250-pound man kneeling on the back of your neck for 10 minutes and see how well you do, whether you have pre-existing conditions or not. If you're completely healthy, let me put all 250 pounds on the back of your neck on cement and see how you do. You understand? So I don't care what they say, it was a murder and they're being charged. And it was wrong, obviously. No one's denying that it was wrong. I don't know who's on the other side of that picket line. It's wrong. That Black Lives matter, of course it's wrong. Nobody's saying, yeah, he should have died that day. You know what? They should have killed him quicker. Nobody's saying that. It's the only protest I've ever seen that only has one side. <laughs> Who, who's screaming in the streets that Black Lives Don't Matter? Who? Nobody I know. Nobody I've seen on television. There's nobody in the in the news saying they don't matter. See, it's, it's, it's propaganda to make you divide yourselves among yourselves. And people are eating it hook, line, and sinker. When you start to realize that in Christ, everybody's valuable. George Floyd was valuable because he was an eternal soul. And every person is valuable because they're an eternal soul. It has nothing to do with their skin. You'll leave this flesh body and you'll spend eternity in heaven or hell. That's why people matter. That's why people are important. We're not like animals that have no eternal spirit. We have an eternal spirit created just like God, and we will either spend eternity with him or we will miss out on his presence forever. And I don't care what people label me in this time. If they want to say whatever they want to say, bottom line is I will still be preaching in churches, tents, in the streets, in the cities, decades from now still reaping a harvest of lost souls still seeing people saved healed and delivered still seeing people delivered from drugs and d and addiction and and you know all of that will still be going on decades from now through this ministry when other people have gone back to doing nothing sitting on the couch and binge watching netflix with their little you know when they're back to doing nothing and they have forgot all about George Floyd and they forgot all about everything and they're back to just running through their lives as normal, I'll still be giving my whole life to this. That's the difference. That's the difference. And the Lord knows it. And he's the one that called. I wasn't called by the people. I was called to the people. You understand? People didn't call me into the ministry. You can't fire me because you didn't hire me. God called me. So people can get angry if they want to get angry. Let them. They can badmouth me if they want to badmouth me, let them. Everything I'm doing is done in love. It's love for people, all people. And I stand against injustice and inequality. You shouldn't even have to say that as a Christian. Well, I'm against injustice. Who's for injustice? Especially when it's happening to them, nobody. They've caught people online that were uh, you know, hooray on the riots yeah burn more buildings down and then the, the people came close to their neighborhood and they're calling out for help on social media. they need to stop this immediately this is crazy. The same person that screamed burn it down two tweets before is now saying it's getting too close to my house Tell them stop there ain't no when it comes down to it when it affects you personally, there's nobody that's for injustice. nobody nobody. So you shouldn't even have to get online and say, guess what, guys? I'm not racist. I love people. If you have to say that, you have a problem. If you haven't shown it with your life, you've got a problem. And so let people, if people want to talk, people want to get angry, people want to block my account, block it. Block it. You didn't call me. You can't fire me because you didn't hire me. I was here before you. I'll be here after you. You don't pay my check You don't give me a pay. I'm not on your payroll. (laughs) If you think I'm nervous because somebody didn't, people don't like the things I'm saying. You didn't pay me. You didn't hire me. You can't fire me. I'll keep preaching the truth and I'll be here long after they're done with their little, uh, you know, SJW attitude. And when they're, when they've moved on to, you know, drooling on the couch, I'll still be working. I'll still be seeing people change and say it. And I'm not saying they're all like that. There's great Christians that are doing both things. I don't want you to think I'm making it about one or the other. I'm talking about people that stand so hardcore for a short period of time. They go through a sprint on this and it comes back to the kingdom. They've not not won one person to the Lord in the last two years. Not one. SJW means social justice warrior. So people can say whatever they want, but you need to understand why people matter. They matter because they're created in the likeness and the image of God. They matter because Jesus shed his blood for them. And they matter because there's an, a treasure available that comes into earth and vessels that we can transfer through the gospel of Christ to men and women. To men and women that are dying and on their way to hell. And it's time for us to stand up. And I'm going to pray today. Before I jump on a plane here in just a little bit and go to New York to preach this gospel again, that God would set us on fire. Don't you be sucked into the lies and the propaganda of a mainstream media that just wants to divide the culture again and again and again. If it's not one thing, it's another again and again and again and again. They don't want unity in the culture. They don't want unity in in, in our universities. They don't want unity in the streets. They don't want unity in the nation. They want to pull us apart. I told you last night, if you missed it, go back and watch it. They want to tear this nation down. We're one of the last bastions of freedom standing between now and the end times. You can't have a one world government with strong independent nations. Wake up. Wake up. I'm going to be In Horseheads, New York, next to Elmira, next to Corning, New York, all the details are on my website. I want to see you there. If you can get there, come. Come and be a part of it. It's going to be phenomenal for the next two days, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be great. All the details right there on the site. But let me pray for you because I I know it's shorter today, but I have to go to the airport. But I didn't want to miss this morning with you because I've got a word in my spirit to transfer to you and that is this. People matter and you have the answer. The answer is Jesus. I want you to bow your head. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, do not let us become people that just run with the culture, run with the media narrative, run with the propaganda. Don't let our lives be governed by what people with an anti-Christ agenda are pushing in the earth. But let the power of God guide our lives. Let the power of God and the Spirit of God guide our steps. Don't let us miss out on what your plan is for this generation. But let us stand up and stand strong for what you're about to do and use us to do it in Jesus' mighty name. Put a fire in our hearts to see souls saved, to see people changed by the power of God. Father, put a fire in our hearts to see people delivered from every attack of the devil. Father, use us to be deliverers in our generation as you used Moses and his and the prophets and theirs, Jesus and his, the disciples and theirs. Use us in this generation to be deliverers for those that are dying and those that are lost. Use us, Lord. Heal this nation and allow us to preach the gospel unrestrained and bring souls into the kingdom in the mighty name that's above every name. We thank you, Lord, for anointing us. Thank you for empowering us in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, throw some fire in the comments and shout aloud amen wherever you're watching from and take a minute to sow a seed. Listen to me, this is the last opportunity you have to sow a seed before we get back on the road and start traveling and start preaching the gospel, which starts today and I'm ready. We need people to stand with us and partner, not because we're in debt, not because we need to pay the bills, but because there's a generation that needs to hear the gospel. You're looking at a debt-free ministry, and it'll stay that way. You're looking at a blessed ministry. You're looking at a ministry that blesses others to the highest degree, that when others were trying to make ends meet during the quarantine, when others were trying to barely get by, we gave away tens of thousands of dollars because God's blessed this ministry and he's blessing you, but stand with us and let's go get a harvest. Let's go get a harvest. And so I want you to partner with Carolyn and with me, miracleword.com, it's easy to do on a monthly basis. I I meant to bring the book in, but I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do for June. One of the greatest faith preachers in the nation today, really in the world today, Dr. Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston from Chicago has put out out a powerful book. It's called The Power of Confession. And I'll have it for you on Monday and we'll put up a slide and let you see it. I'm going to send it to you as our gift to say thank you for partnering with us in the month of June. It's our month of accelerated testimonies. The Power of Confession by Dr. Bill Winston. It is a phenomenal book, phenomenal book, and it'll bless you. It's our gift to you. I want to encourage you to partner this month and stand with us. Some people will sow largely. And for those that are sowing a thousand or more, I'm not just going to send you that book by Dr. Bill Winston and also the genuine leather Bible we have, but also the hardcover further faster copies are in. They're reserved for those partners. And so we're going to send them to you to say thank you for standing with us. It's your opportunity to be blessed. It's your opportunity to sow. I thank God that he's blessed us. We have no needs can I tell you something? We have no needs. I can't present a need on here today to you because we don't have needs. We meet needs. We meet needs. And that's the key. That's what you're partnering with, a ministry that meets needs that doesn't have needs. I I, I can't get on here and say, now we've got a bill coming up of $33,000 and we need you. I, <clears throat> and no condemnation if people do have bills. People have bills. But the bills are paid. <clears throat> The bills are paid. I'm giving you an opportunity to sow for your blessing. And I'm going to jump in the plane here in just a, about an hour and head up to New York. And I'm believing for the fire of God. Pray for us. Pray that God opens doors. Pray that hearts are changed, lives are saved, people are healed, delivered. It's going to be great. Cash App's available, Venmo's available, PayPal's available, hashtag donate's available. Miracleword.com easiest way to sow a seed and partner with us on a monthly basis My wife got yelled at Oscar for not wearing a mask crazy Unbelievable, I love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for standing with us. I very much appreciate you and um, I Can't wait to be back with you Cannot wait to be back with you um I hope you can come I hope you can come to New York I'm really wanting to see you guys there if not I'm sure they'll live stream it but uh, it's gonna be great I love you thanks for hanging with me today sorry for the uh, abbreviated broadcast but I got a roll but I didn't want to miss you today and I didn't want to play a replay I wanted to be on here with you and give you this word I love you pray for us as we go it's gonna be great I love you so much we'll talk to you soon have a great day thanks for sewing. I'll talk to you later